Hello and welcome to the TIC Midweek Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Palma. I'm so glad you're here. This season, we are going through the book of Colossians, and this is a great book about the supremacy of Jesus, about the power of the gospel, and the way we should live in response to what Jesus has done for us. So may God bless you as you listen. May He open the eyes of your heart and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding, and may He fill you with power that you may be transformed to be more like Jesus. God bless you as you listen. Hello, and welcome back to our series on Colossians. We are in chapter 2, verses 16 to 23 today. And the main point of this passage is Paul is speaking uh, to the Colossians and warning them about the false teachers. And And there are three major categories of false teaching. The first area is regarding food, drink, and festivals. The second is asceticism which is a severe bodily discipline. And the third is the worship of or preoccupation with angels. And so these three different areas, Paul is going to show uh, that the Colossians should not listen to or be led astray by those who insist on these things because true spiritual growth is in Christ. And if you have Christ, uh, you have it all. Verse 16, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. Well, right off the bat, these refer to Jewish practices. They could also refer to pagan practices. But within uh, Judaism, in the law, there are clear guidelines for what is clean and unclean. They also had three major religious festivals each year, and these included the festival of Passover, Pentecost, and the festival of of tabernacles or booths. And so these three major festivals, the Jews would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship and offer sacrifices. And what we have is uh, in Christ, these festivals were, were no longer mandated. But there were Jews who insisted that if you want to be in Christ, you have to participate in these festivals. You need to celebrate the new moon. You need to observe observe the Sabbath. Uh, you need to obey the dietary laws, and, and you can't eat these foods. And so, you know, Christianity is going out to Gentiles who have no idea about Judaism and the clean and unclean and and these festivals and and traveling from their part of the world to Jerusalem three times a year uh, or to observe these festivals wherever they are. You know, Paul is saying, no, 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 no. These things, verse 17, are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So you have a group of people who are judging the Colossians or or judging in particular the Galatians. Paul talks about this as well. But judging is is to say, you don't belong. You are not God's people because you don't obey these uh, rituals. You don't follow these rules. And Paul is saying uh, the festivals were all pointing to Christ. They're a shadow of what's to come. Uh, A shadow itself is not reality. It is the appearance of reality. 
And Paul is saying, don't look at the shadow. Don't look at these things. You need to look at Christ. The reality of being found in God's family is not in rituals, but it's in Jesus. And so if you have Jesus, you are in God's family. Don't let anybody tell you because you don't do these things, you don't belong to Jesus. Verse 18, do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they've seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. Now, the false humility can also be translated asceticism. And asceticism is is a severe bodily discipline where where you engage in different types of practice as a, a way of spiritual enlightenment. And so, you know, this an example from the Middle Ages was Irish monks who would, um, they would go into the freezing cold seawater and up to their neck, and they would pray in the sea in the cold water as a, a way of drawing closer to God, or they wouldn't allow themselves to sleep on a comfortable bed, or they would wear clothing uh, that would scratch their skin as a as a religious practice. And so um, in Paul's day, there were people who did, uh, they had ascetic practices in order to prepare themselves for uh, spiritual experiences. And so Paul is saying, look, don't let anyone disqualify you. That that word is an athletic word, like an umpire who would say uh, to a runner, you, you are disqualified because of a false start or because you strayed out of your lane, you are disqualified. And, and so there are these people saying, well, because you don't, you haven't had a, a spiritual experience with an angel, a mystical experience, or because you don't engage in these severe, uh, this severe bodily discipline, you don't belong to Jesus. You are not part of God's family. Um, the worship of angels, there's a, a few different ways to interpret this, and it it can mean um, literally the worship of angels. It could be worship with angels, that there's this desire to uh, experience worship along with angels. Or it could just be Paul saying, uh, these people are so preoccupied with angelic visions and, and being with angels that it's as if they are worshiping them. So there, there's three different ways to interpret it. Uh, either way, uh, it is a preoccupation with angels. And Paul, Paul is, not, is, is saying, look, life is not found in mystical experiences. If, if you haven't had a mystical experience, uh, you are no less a believer in Jesus than someone who has. And there, there are people who think, uh, because they've had these experiences, that they are better Christians, or bec- they want, they desperately want to have it. I know there are some uh, traditions or some streams in Christianity today that really put an emphasis on angelic experiences and, and what the angel said to me when I met with him, or uh, I had this experience, and, and this is what the angel taught me, and and what it can do is it can create this like two-tiered Christianity where if, if you have those types of experiences, you are super spiritual. You must be close to Jesus. And if you don't have those experiences, well, maybe there's something wrong with you. 
And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. Don't let anyone disqualify you over this. They go over into great detail about what they've seen and what they've experienced. But what Paul says is they're puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. And and this is the irony, uh, as uh, David Powell points out, these, these false teachers are so convinced that they have left their body and they're experiencing heaven. That's what they think is happening. But Paul is actually saying they've only ascended to their mind and they're rooted. They're not rooted in Christ, but they're rooted in their sinful nature, their flesh. And when Paul uses the word flesh, he's not talking about our physical body, but he's talking about uh, our our old self, our sinful nature. And he's saying these, these false teachers are, are rooted in their sinful nature. What they are teaching about the angels and insisting upon these types of practices, it's not Jesus. It's disconnected from Christ. And we see that in verse 19. He says, they have lost connection with the head and the head, of course, is Jesus, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. And so these false teachers think that you are going to grow spiritually because you don't eat this food, because you go to these festivals, uh, because you observe these special days. Um, You're going to grow spiritually because you've had mystical experiences with angels and visions and because you you beat your body because you do all these uh, extreme uh, ascetic practices that's their vision of spiritual growth. But Paul is saying, look, they've lost connection with the head. They've, they've lost the plot. They are separated from Jesus. And then he says, look, the whole body, that's the church, is supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews and grows as God causes it to grow. True spiritual growth comes when you are connected to Jesus and you are connected in community. It, you have to be part of a body. Uh, there are so many metaphors that, that Paul could use to explain what it means to follow Jesus. And he uses the metaphor of the body. The body is uh, many systems combined together. And so you can't have a finger that's disconnected from the body or from the head. It, it needs to be attached. It needs to be connected to the brain, to the head. It also needs to be connected to the hand, which is connected to the arm. As followers of Jesus, we must be connected to Jesus and we must be connected to one another. God has designed Uh, the church. He's designed spiritual growth to take place in connection with Jesus, in connection with other believers. And here's the thing, God causes it to grow. God is the one who's at work with us. And so if you haven't had a mystical experience, you're not a second-class Christian. If if you don't have visions, uh, that's not true spiritual growth. True spiritual growth is being connected to Jesus And we have everything we need to know about Jesus in Scripture. 
and we also grow connected to each other. And that's not to say God doesn't give visions. I do believe that God speaks and gives visions, and I believe that people have encountered angels. Uh, Paul encountered angels. Paul had visions. And so he's not against those things, but what he is against is saying that you need to have them to be a Christian, or you need to have them to grow spiritually. No, no, no. It is through Christ that we grow. It is through Christ um, that we're connected to one another. God causes us to grow. And then verse 20, he says, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? So David Powell says this, he says, elemental spiritual forces of this world refer to evil spiritual forces that fight against God's work through Christ. In this section that challenges the claims of the false teachers, this phrase becomes important as it qualifies the previous reference to the worship of angels. While the false teachers may consider their visionary experience of worship of benign spiritual beings as being allies, allies of God, Paul is saying they're actually submitting to spiritual forces of evil at enmity with God. Uh, Paul is saying, look, the the spirit behind these rules uh, is not the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. And uh, Doug Moo summarizes the three things that Paul is saying. One, he's saying these rules have to do with matters of this world. Two, they reflect human and not divine teaching. And three, the rules cannot bring about spiritual transformation. So avoiding food is not going to change your heart. Uh, Verse 23 says, Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Mu goes on to reference when Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for uh, being occupied, focused on their rules of ritual cleanliness. Uh, and he says in Mark seven fifteen, nothing outside you can defile you by going into you. Rather, it's what comes out of you that defiles you. You know, we can spend so much energy focused on our body and avoiding foods and going to these festivals, uh, but we realize that external things do not bring about spiritual transformation. This, the spiritual transformation is occurs in the heart, and so the food I eat is not going to change that. And so it can seem, you know, really religious, like, oh, he's, he's so spiritual. He prays four hours a day, or he reads the Bible, uh, you know, four hours a day or, or three hours a day. He's always fasting. Um, you know, reading the Bible and praying, those are critical uh, points of spiritual growth. But just sitting there and reading is not going to transform you. Just abstaining from food does not transform you. Uh, transformation comes in the heart and from the inside. And so while it can look good on the outside, it actually doesn't change who you are. It doesn't stop you from sinning. And when we're focused on the external, um, we may be able to stop some behavior, but the problem is sin originates in the heart. 
And the only way we can get at the heart of the issue is through Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit. And so we're not pursuing external things. What we want to do is pursue Christ to be rooted and established in him. If we remember from earlier, Paul said to be rooted and established in Christ, drawing our nourishment from him, building our life upon him. And we primarily do that by being connected to his word and obeying his word. And we do it by being connected in community to the body, to one another. This is how we grow. And so Paul is, is saying to the Colossians, do not be led astray. Don't let anyone judge you. Don't let anyone disqualify you. Don't listen to these guys. And one of the major lessons that we want to pull away from this is don't let anyone draw you away from Jesus. If anyone is emphasizing uh, something other than the word of Christ and obedience to Christ and being connected to Christ, if they say they have secret knowledge, if they say they've had secret visions that that they can access, um, they're, they're drawing you away from Jesus. And Christianity, what Jesus has called us to, is to be connected to him. We do not need angels to teach us. We do not need to rely on severe bodily discipline. Uh, We want to be disciplined, but the key is Christ. Everything we need from God is found in Christ. So let's stay focused on him and let's encourage each other to be connected to him. God bless you. Have a great week and may you have a good discussion in your connect group. I hope you were encouraged by this episode of TIC Midweek, but even more than that, I hope you have a greater desire to become more like Jesus. If you are not yet in a connect group, I want to encourage you to go to our website, indicate your interest that you would like to be in a group. It is one of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus. And if you have not yet attended one of our worship services and you live in the Taipei area, we'd love to host you on a Sunday morning. You can go to our website, www.taipeichurch.org and find out about our service location and times. May God bless you. Have a great week.